you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL Podcast. Walked out shirtless halfway through a podcast. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Got a room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal. And he's back, baby. Mark Sessler. What's up, dude? Oh, he's back. What a treasure to return. I I imagine <laughs> I imagine you went somewhere mystical, somewhere deep. You had conversations with villagers, perhaps. What was your time away like? We went out of our way to stay and give you a wide berth during this time. Uh, there were a couple times that I looked at my phone and they were like, I had still been attached to these text threads that were, you know, exploding. But well, I, Erica I, did at one point. And I know. I, I that probably, was my fault. And I do not blame said, you. Mark her. is going to kill you. I yeah. did not come back with any aggression. I just sort of... You didn't even it, answer. I let it flow by. But uh, I did very little, to be honest. Uh, we had our kids home for spring break, but I had ventured up into uh, Hollywood one evening. Oh, you went into the city? Yes. Okay, and this, we, this is the wrong drop, Ricky. We need some bright lights, big city. Back. Nah, I think it actually fits on some level. Um, <laughs> had a mystical time. Had a nice time. That's good. That's a, that's a Mark move, actually, is to walk around the city, usually find a place where someone was killed, uh, and then do like an Instagram with the, you know, at magic hour. No, you're like not the, wrong. The lights going down. It's do beautiful. You know, yeah, um, who can beat the LA light? The scene uh, at the end of Goodwill Hunting where Chucky is talking to Will and he's like, you know what the best part of my day is? That was 10 seconds from my car when I get to your door and I hope that you're gone. And you never said anything. You just walked away. <laughs> I'm the opposite of that. That's not what I want. I never want you to leave. Okay. So when I do that hypothetical 10 second walk, all I'm hoping for is that you're there. Right. That's the worst, the, lunch the worst, the worst 10 day. seconds of your day is believing, oh, this is the day Mark is, is gone. Yeah. And then went to, Went to uh, the Northeast to see about a girl. I have immense <laughs> from, from uh, some camp. <laughs> I have immense financial entanglements. It's not going to be easy for me to uh, to go anywhere for long. Right, you're not going to be just driving on a highway in a, a beat up Pontiac with Elliot Smith playing. Not in this lifetime. Yeah. He, right. le- he leaves a note. I got to see about a girl, and it's like a it's a picture from Camp. Uh, what what is it called? Happiness. Camp Happiness. You want the real name yeah. of that? Well, just at this at this point, that is just the name of the camp. So that's fine. We did. There were a few um, photos of Mark as a 19 year old or a 16 year old on the gram and and Twitter, and sometimes I'm like, uh oh, what's going on there? But in this case, again, I just let it fly. So well, I think let- you did comment, uh oh. <laughs> you also used to hit me up when you'd be in Hollywood or West Hollywood, and I my phone was silent. Ew. 
Uh, not intentionally. I wasn't trying to ghost you or anything. I just <laughs> thought maybe your so your All social right. calendar is very busy. All right, enough interrogation of Mark. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, buddy. Uh, you're a mystical man. Coming up on today's show, we continue. We had Daniel Jeremiah on the program last Thursday. Mark, while you were out, because I, well, I know you've listened to the show since. Uh, you were away, but uh, we had DJ on the show for exactly 15 minutes. That's what he gave us, and that's what we took. We t- actually took 17. That was a little stick it to him a little bit. He uh, well, that's why was it so rule oriented? Just because he's so he's so busy. So busy. Right. But for it was us, good. It was yeah. a good 17. Yeah. And now today we have uh, Josh Norris, uh, formerly of Road to World, now with the Underdog Network, and he is one of the top dudes in the game in the mock draft game for the draft, because I mean, I'll get to it a little bit later, but he is Greg statistically the greatest mock drafter of all time. So we're like, Oh, that's the dude to get on the show. Yeah. Used to work with him at, at Roto world. Uh, but he hit what I believe was the, yeah, the most accurate mock of all time was a year ago. And what he's done since, especially in this draft season is just spike the football endlessly and remind people that he's the defending champion. As you so should. He takes, he takes a very serious. He hit 16 out of 32 first round picks last year. I mean, I've uh, succeeded with my mock draft at times where I've, you know, superseded some of the industry. Right. Fam- they don't put me in that statistical study. Right. Um, but I think I was bragging when I got like three. Right. So 16 is um, from another place. You, is there a Mark Sessler mock draft coming this year? It is coming back. Um, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be the whole first round, but then I'm going to have an extra 10 right. w- locks uh, that go from rounds two through seven, like targeted two team, player two team locks. And also, it, this will be offline. This will be maybe on your IG stories, or you could find it somewhere else uh, in the uh, sports landscape. Our employer has little interest. In, I, I, little, <laughs> little would be strong. There's There's been no discussion for the eighth year in a row about that. So. <laughs> Uh, no, I brought it up. I'm to, annoyed now. I brought it up to Greg privately. I was like, "Oh, we can get the Mark Sessler mock draft back as a segment." And Greg was like, "Ooh." Oh, so it's not even appearing on this vehicle. That's, That's fine. Right. We got to play it out next week. We forgot about that. A lot of buzz. All right, we got so much to get to. Let's start. But I'm happy. Like I said, Chucky, he didn't want to see Will. I want you to stay right here. I think that for similar reasons, but yes, I yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's that friendship. I think was like giving and um, selfless, whereas Dan's is possessive, you know, <laughs> and selfish. So he wants you for his right. um, interests, and that's this show. Well, different it needs. Wouldn't, it wouldn't it wouldn't fly without you. Different people, different needs. You've accurately uh, nailed that one, Greg. <laughs> All right, let's do some news. <laughs> With the 51st pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the New York J-E-T-S Jets select quarterback Christian Hackenberg, Penn State. You know, there was a news item last year. I thought it'd be a little fun as we get closer to the draft to use our news drop to hit on some famous, and in that case with Christian Hackenberg, infamous draft picks of the last 10 years or so. There was a report recently, trying to remember who it came from, Mike Sando, maybe um, that players, you know, don't want to go to the Jets right now. Uh, free agents. And they've tried and they've tried and they've tried. And that's what happens when you suck for an entire generation. When you suck for if you are a 20, if you're a 24 year old NFL young star, 25 year old and the Jets sucked from age 25 to like age 10. That kind of creates a culture around your organization. You got to dig out at some point. The Browns are another example that they had to deal with that for a long time as well. That's changing, I think, but they're buying their way back. I mean, that's the other way you can do it, I guess. Right. All right. Christian Hackberg never played a snap. Second round pick. Does he in one of those other leagues now? Like USFL started? Is I he- watched a little USFL. I did not see his name. Um, I don't think he's there. No. I can't remember a pick that was so universally accepted as over the second it was made. And that was right. Like, you know, conventional wisdom sometimes is right. Yeah. In that case, it was. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the news. So big wide receiver offseason, huge trades, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, huge contracts are being handed out, and the agents of the players, other star wide receivers, are, have taken note, and they are strategizing. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Samuel of the Niners, A.J. Brown of the Titans, Terry McLaurin of the Commanders, 
are all skipping off-season workouts. They want new deals. These are all second-round picks, and McLaurin's case, a third-round pick that are playing for relative peanuts, and they are performing as star players. Uh, in the case of Debo, and you could argue A.J. Brown, superstars. So you have a situation now where what's happening, Greg, around the landscape of the league is creating a domino effect, and it makes you wonder two things. One, uh, is this become a summer-long situation with these teams and their stars? And two, could this lead to one of these players being moved, as has happened so often this past couple of months? They're using whatever they can right now, which isn't much, to create some sort of leverage. I think all these teams are interested in re-signing these players. Terry McLaurin is showing up for workouts, uh, we should um, clarify, but he's not going to do any on-field work. We're not even at He's the... there. He's going to be there. Because he's a, quote, leader, according to Adam Schefter, but he's not working out. What does that even mean? I mean I'm just <laughs> saying that's the reporting. Right. He's not going to go on the field, but maybe he'll do some some weightlifting and whatnot. Most of the Leader. Te- these teams aren't uh, aren't working out on the field yet. Anyways, Debo Samuel said he received death threats and a bunch of racist messages on his Instagram when he took the 49ers uh, team logo and stuff off of his Instagram because he wants warning. So this is like, oh my god, it's not, um, Come on, guys, it's not good. Pull together. I also don't think uh, there's much risk of these guys not getting new contracts, but this is just sort of what you do and wake me up in training camp, basically, with all three of these. I'm with you. Ron Rivera came out very strong early in the offseason on Terry McLaurin being a priority for the team. I buy it. John Robinson, Mike Rabel have said the same about A.J. Brown, and they have, they're have they a team that has to start looking at their offensive roster a little bit differently if you're getting into the later stages of Derrick Henry. I, I believe that, that they have the second least cap space in the league, but that doesn't bug me. I think they'll figure that out. Debo Samuel, I just would like look at the way that in Kyle Shanahan's offense, that when he finds the right pieces... Kyle Juszczyk, two contracts. George Kittle got paid. You think they're going to not pay Debo Samuel? It just seems absurd to me. It's just going to happen. The the weird thing is that the agents are going out of their way to kind of make this an issue now, but players never get paid now entering their fourth year. They often get paid uh, before their fourth season, and that's in the post-draft period, just because teams haven't gotten to that stuff now, which is all the more reason why I don't think this is a, a big deal. All three of these players don't have fifth-year options because they weren't drafted in the first round. I mean, they've, they've all famously fell in an unbelievable draft in which the New England Patriots selected Nikhil Harry oh. in the first round. <laughs> just uh, pointing that out. A little similar body type to A.J. Brown. So it's going to happen, but it would be totally surprising if it happened at this point of the year. It's the same, It's similar with Kyler Murray. I think that situation is different, but it, these contracts never happen at this time of year for these types. Of and I would say I, I can't imagine it either, Mark, with Debo Samuel as that example, but I could have never imagined the Packers giving Aaron Rodgers all that money and then trading Devontae Adams. Uh, that, that stunned me. So I'm like, if that can happen, any team could talk itself into a reason why they should trade a guy and, you know, save a ton of money and take draft picks on that. There's two sides of that coin. Right. One one reason you would want to put, start putting this message out here now is it's possible at least other teams jump in or are speaking to the agent, even though that's against the rules, that essentially the, these players could know what type of contract that they could get from another team, and another team might even be offering draft picks leading up to the draft, and that like sets a price, and it just moves the whole thing along. But it really seems like all three of these guys are going to stay with their teams because their teams know how good they are. Right. I'm just trying to imagine a scenario where Kyle Shanahan, in the same you know soliloquy, tells us that we're moving on from Debo Samuel, but we're also going to tell Trey Lance he's the starter come week <laughs> one. Because if you, the one thing, they have the least cap space in the league, and I know that no one cares about that stuff, but if you move Jimmy G or you cut him, it opens up $25 million space. Right, there you so go. Like you got to pay Jimmy G 25 and not pay right. Debo Samuel 20 25 Everyone going crazy with like, oh, they're paying all this, so much money to these guys. The All the salary cap is going up. But like, they can figure it out. Don't feel bad for them. A.J. Brown is making... Uh, barely more money than Byron Pringle. So I understand why these guys are sure. agitated. Makes sense. Now do the teams blink and pay him? We'll see. They will. The Browns. Dude. They're paying. They sent out a uh, industry-shaking uh, contract uh, to Deshaun Watson, and now 
They've signed cornerback Denzel Ward to a five-year, $100.5 million contract extension. It includes over $71 million guaranteed, makes him the highest-paid cornerback in NFL history. 25 years old before the season starts. He'll he'll turn uh, the fourth overall pick in 2018, taking three picks after Baker Mayfield. Uh, Mark, A, where are you as a Browns person? B, what do you think about this deal? I have not changed my stance on the Browns. If if anything, my interest in them just fades into the distance. Uh, I think this is... This is kind of crazy because we'll I like. I think Denzel Ward is worth the money. He he is in all metrics wise. Like the cornerbacks get paid, and he's. This is. I have no problem with the idea of it. But if you look at their cap space next year, they have twenty nine million wrapped up in Miles Garrett, twenty three in Amari Cooper. He could be gone. We never know. Whatever Ward's deal is, and fifty four in Deshaun Deshaun Watson. That's a hundred and two million in three players and guaranteed money. I think if anything, because one thing we heard from the owners' meetings is that the Haslam family and Andrew Barry on down have annoyed the league beyond comprehension. It's not this contract as much They're as the, the, the Watson one, but I mean it's changing the game to some degree. But this one might a little, and to that I say, wow, wow, like what? this I'll, one's not offensive. Like, oh, it's like the Browns are playing too much guaranteed money to to these players. It's making us actually have to pay a contract like. Like every other sports league has to like these owners who fail upwards like continually when they own these teams many of them go through problem after problem including uh the browns owner off the field and on the field in terms of the the coaches no, he's that been shiny and, there's been no and issue. and yet like they they dare to complain that they are in a system that's totally rigged for them to succeed at every single level especially with the salary cap the salary cap's not going away they're ultimately going to only pay to the salary cap you could argue whether Denzel Ward is worth that much or not i don't think there's much of an argument the 5 for 100 extension actually seems kind of reasonable at some point if Denzel Ward is as good as we think he's going to be he's going to be upset 3 years into it that he's way too underpaid I don't think- if they're just trading guaranteed money for or being able to control that cap hit. It won't be that high because it's a six-year deal. They can spread it around. They can change it all around. They can do that with Watson a little but what bit, about, too. But, I, but I, when I look at teams, if you look at certain teams where you've got 50-plus wrapped up in your quarterback and 30 in your pass rusher, it creates issues. Right, but when it's a six-year contract, which this is, it's a five-year extension off the one they had now. They never mentioned that It's first. not really Ward, though. It's, it's the like rest of, it's the, rest of the team. You can shuffle that money around and start giving them guarantees, and that's how you play the salary cap game, unless you're a cheap owner that doesn't want to be paying to the cap and doing everything you can the to The waves win. of the Watson deal will be shown with the quarterbacks to come, the Justin Herberts of the world. That because what they've done here and again citing the person I spoke to about this they've created they're creating a competitive advantage to the owners that are able to give out that amount of guaranteed money or willing to and if you're not great you're gonna get left behind great but that's not good for the game it's not good for the sport if you're gonna have that's that's essentially yeah, putting in things like a cheap salary owners cap. out of there I think it'd be great but they're not going anywhere because they're still gonna be making a lot of money and there's and the fans are the ones that are gonna lose that that's to me the the concern I have as a football fan that the changing structures and the ownership and how this is all going to play out could end end up leading to a upper class of NFL teams that are willing to pay that money and a lower class that are willing to just take the money that comes in for being an owner like happens in Major League Baseball all the time now teams don't compete but they don't care because they st- still make money off TV deals and this and that and sharing ticket but the, revenue but it's, the money's guaranteed here for these owners in the NFL that TV money the the supposedly the deal that they're reportedly going to do with Apple to do Sunday ticket like that 2.5 billion. Everyone gets that money. So they're going to have plenty of money. I would argue like we're already at that point. Teams like the Cowboys, I I believe, and I would throw the Eagles in there. There's a lot. But the teams that essentially haven't been rolling all this cap space over, the Saints do everything they can to spend all the money they can. They've already had an advantage. The Cowboys have had a huge advantage over the last 20 years. They've been spending a lot more cash than a lot of other teams. And I I think that continues. And I... I have no sympathy for the owners who can't All right, keep well, up. Let's be careful with how you put that. I don't have sympathy for the owners. Right. I have sympathy for the fans that there could be a create like a, a competitive disadvantage with cheap owners and rich owners that are willing to spend money. I just think it could be bad for the sport. Well, and that's the concern. I, I will watch what happens with the Bengals when Joe Burrow wants this kind of money because they're a, they're they're a, a team right now that could not do that. I, I guess my thing too yeah. is like the. The players that are getting the guaranteed money, 
First of all, the teams absolutely have that money. And these are only the top, top, top players. Like, these are owners who are just cashing paychecks, who are somehow saying, like, what, well, we can't pay the greatest of our players guaranteed money? If they made, if they, if for some reason they woke up tomorrow and they had to play only guaranteed contracts, they would all be able to do it. They would all be fine. Well, they, you don't they, know that. I'm not, I'm saying how, but what? then also Devontae Adams, Tyree Killer moved. It's, it's something we're, we're going to see how it plays out. It, it has something to do with the money. When you guarantee money has to be put aside in escrow. There ha- there's a whole thing, financial side of this story that the Browns move has unlocked. And I, I just wonder what that I, I you, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Those are two names that I think of uh, ownership that is either cheap or ownership that doesn't have a lot of money compared to these other owners. What does that mean for Bengals fans and Chargers fans in a couple of years. It's on the radar. Why did Wes walk away from the Bengals? Many reasons, but I mean, but yeah. ownership and the whole structure sure. of that, you know, handing not handing it down to your I son. Just, I just feel like with the way the cap space is going up and all these TV deals and what's happening with the NFL, they're all so obscenely wealthy. It's good business being <laughs> that, an owner. That in the like NFL. it. I just don't buy that. Yeah, there are some that can spend more than others, and they've already been doing that. But I just don't buy that they'll be in trouble. All right, let's uh, hit a couple things here before we get to our friend Josh Norris. Uh, Rap Sheet had this. Also, Mary Kay Cabot. uh, That the Panthers are the leaders in the clubhouse for Baker Mayfield. This kind of popped up. Uh, Friday afternoon, Greg got me nervous when we uh, already had taped our Friday TV show uh, and you were uh, driving to Vegas, but it all worked out. No, no deal happened. I wonder like, well, I didn't know that we weren't supposed to go until it, until that morning when we, I was leaving the building. And at that point, like, Dan, you're going to have to come back and Mark, and you're like in the Mo- Mojave Desert. Somewhere. <laughs> at, at that point, yeah, the kids and uh, Emiko were going to the BTS show at Allegiant Stadium and we were getting in that car. I was not going to wait hey, listen, for that. I'm not, I'm not uh, judging you for that. That was the right play. But it almost <laughs> got me nervous. But the Athletics' Joe Person also reported that Baker Mayfield is, quote, not the only guy on the list for the Panthers. I'm wondering, uh, Mark, what? why would the Panthers at this point or anyone go – Trade for Baker now? Would it just wait till after the draft and yes, see how things? Yes, I, I don't. I I get that there may be you know interest. I would say this is probably a Baker Mayfield camp push um, more than it is the Panthers telling everyone how much we want Baker Mayfield, who has the exact same eighteen million dollar cap hit as Sam Darnold. The Browns would have to take, I think, a big chunk of that money to move him, no matter what. But hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't just wait until after the first round. If you're the Panthers and a quarterback, I don't get the sense that they're in love with a draftable quarterback right now, but let's say someone falls to them. You've got a guy you can bring in on a rookie contract and you don't go for Baker Mayfield. If you're out of luck or you're waiting to try to get him later and you're, at, and you're sitting there with Sam Darnold, maybe to save jobs, you try to get someone, but I, but I can't find anything more depressing Sam than Darnold. him versus Baker Mayfield in a quarterback competition on the Panthers after we both thought, Dan, that they would save our franchise. Well, it's, it tells you time don't, is a flat circle. Well, don't get too excited. Whoever you are with this draft coming up, chill a little bit. The, right. Most imagine of these scenarios Sa- turn imagine evil. Imagine if Sam Darnold was in this draft. He would be the best player. So would Baker Mayfield, like by leaps and leaps and bounds in terms of a, as a prospect when when he was coming out. I mean, Baker we, Mayfield would whip Sam Darnold's butt in a camp competition, first jo- of all. Josh is a, a Carolina fan, a Carolina native. Josh Norris is coming on, so maybe we should ask him. But he's got a pretty strong theory about what the Panthers are going to do. And I think to your point, why give away that they're not going to draft a quarterback uh, by getting Baker Mayfield now? Wait, you know, wait, even if they're not drafting a quarterback, wait until that happens and I, I agree. What does that mean? Leader in the clubhouse like what they offered a sixth <laughs> or they said mate will probably offer a sixth if we don't take a quarterback uh, or willing to pay his money. I think it'll happen day two of the draft. There is no clubhouse in that scenario. Also, I uh, we don't need to even go down this road because it's over. But uh, I think if you would have put Sam Darnold on those Browns team, he would have had some success and wouldn't it be so easy to tell who's the better player. I disagree, yes. but uh, but that's that's a, a ton, an old conversation. More. I know. Well, everyone is in agreement that Darnold can't play now, but look where he went last year. Also, he still has never really gotten a chance. Right. Was, but, the, but I'm not I'm not saying he's a player, but Baker had a way better you, setup in Cleveland than did, Darnold but ever has. I can 
I think at some point you can watch 3,000, 4,000 snaps and know if that guy can play or not. It's like Teddy Bridgewater was in that same situation as Sam Darnold the year before. It looked a lot different. And, it, and no one is banging the drum other than me that Teddy is like some great starter. Like, it looked a lot different. I, I don't know. I think Darnold is someone that the draft community, a big chunk of them, latched onto him hard. And they have. it's been hard for people to let go of the idea that he isn't still Can't a starting play. quarterback at some point. We shall see, because I believe they will end up fighting each other. It's going to be <laughs> Greek tragedy. All right, moving on time for news and notes presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. All right, Stefan Gilmore, former Greybeard. Well, always a Greybeard. He has now found a real team. It is the Indianapolis Colts who come to terms on a contract agreement with the veteran cornerback, former Defensive Player of the Year. The deal is worth around $23 million. It's a two-year contract. Uh, this was a secondary, uh, Greg, that graded out well last year uh, on PFF, for instance. Uh, but certainly... Gilmore provides a shot in the arm. Even at age 31, he remains a guy that is more than capable. And they sent Rocky Asin away, who had been playing well at the end of the year. Uh, and now they replace him with Gilmore, who eventually got his money. I mean, I'm sure at some point he thought he was going to do better than two for 23. And I think he got about 17 guaranteed. But that's about what I would have guessed he would have gotten in the, in the first place. He's 32 years old, hasn't played much in the last two years, was solid when he played for Carolina, but barely had any games where he had more than 35 snaps because I think he was trying to get healthy and get to the end of the season, uh, and he was on a limited snap count. So it's a it's a good move by them, and it's a reminder. I think there's a lot of free agents left, including Honey Badger, that actually are going to get pretty good contracts when they do sign. There's a decent amount of teams that have cap space left, and they realize there's no point in rolling it over every year like the Colts have done. I feel like that's a waste of resources, and teams are kind of smartening up. I think Chris Ballard, this is when he has talked about wanting to attack the market for this kind of deal, this kind of player. They recruited him really hard. They view him as a huge leader. And Gus Bradley, um, it's his, it's a Gus Bradley type of cornerback who think I think fits in really well with Kenny Moore and the rest of the guys. Their lineup on defense, Darius Leonard, they traded for Yannick Ngakwe, DeForest Buckner, Bobby Okariki, Quiddy Pay, and you add Gilmore. I mean, this is a solid defense that I think sets up Gus Bradley to you know succeed out of the gate. I think that Stephen uh, Stephen Holder uh, tweeted this, um, and I agree a lot. I agree with it that Chris Ballard's good at his job, and yes, he got the he got the Carson Wentz move wrong. There's no way around that. But I give him credit for realizing it, along with ownership, it seems, and getting out of that quickly. So they get Wentz out of the building for two third round picks. They get Matt Ryan for just one third round pick. They got Rocky Sin out and got a proven edge rusher in return. And now Yassin gets replaced with a former defensive player of the year. So I think the Colts, when we had a, a conversation earlier in the offseason about the Colts and where they stood, it felt like they were in a really a tough spot uh, considering how hot they got at one point during the season. And there didn't seem a lot of, to be a lot of optimism. I don't know what Matt Ryan has left, but I think you're going to enter the season uh, with, a, with some optimism mm. that I wasn't expecting a month or six weeks ago. So I think they've had on balance a pretty solid offseason they so might far. Not, they might not be done. They're still second in effective cap space. And like I said, I really think teams have gotten to the point where they realize rolling over all this money is just not trying hard enough. And you know who has the most cap space now in the league? Effective cap space by a decent amount? The Carolina Panthers. Can just slide in that old Baker Mayfield. You know, just slide <laughs> I'm just saying, what is it doing for you? You gotta, you gotta tell all your grandchildren. Oh, I had one chance at well, being a GM to get or a head coach, right? I, that's I get that's it. how this happened. I, I think get to it. them, but it's like it, it's not doing anything for you. You might as well use it. Why not? In a, if you're the Colts, Odell Beckham, I think, still sits out there because they need a wide receiver. They go into the draft like with that. that as a huge need. Mm-hmm. That was news and notes presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. Before we bring in Josh Norris, did you have any takeaways, Mark? I know the USFL um, launched this weekend. I've noticed, by the way, we had Evan Silva on the show last week, and uh, he's given it the old, over at Establish the Run, given it the old AAF treatment, where they're all over the USFL's launch. Um, I, similarly, you were that way this weekend, as I understand. I watched about about an hour of, of it total, but uh, I did notice that pa guys like Paxton Lynch um, showed up on the Michigan Panthers, and that, that Panthers team 
had nine fumbles in their loss. Wait, there's a worse Panthers than the one that there we just is. talked about? There is. Well, at least out of the gate. The thing, though, it, it, I found it fun to watch. It wasn't, like, awful or anything. It, it had There was some good plays, some up-and-down moments, but they have, like, they'll follow. You'll like this from, like, from a, they have a drone sure. kicker cam that when you kick a field goal, right. like, this drone follows it towards Love the goalpost. It. It's a little bit um, nausea-inducing. I think they need to work on it to some degree, but... Give it it's to me. watchable, and it's it's. I think some of these guys are going to end up in camps, obviously, because the league totally misses a developmental league, and it's a way better, a way better, I think, audition than sitting on someone's practice squad right now. For some of them, but then you, but then you're getting some hot mess scenarios in there too. But like the old New Jersey Generals, when Generals. I became a fan, yes. when the USFL melted, they used to t- all the same the same names and stuff. So it's nostalgic. It's strange too, oh, though, because cool. I don't know if they like. It's not the same people. I don't even know if they, there's some legal thing where they might not even have permission. They're just like calling it the USFL. <laughs> well, that's it's like right? it has nothing to do with the old thing. I want I want one of these to work. This doesn't seem like uh, it has anything. Uh, set up better than the previous ones that didn't work. In fact, it, it seems uh, like it's not set up as well. The the one thing it has is broadcast uh, agreements. If it's on Fox and NBC at the same time, what? Uh, that That's kind of amazing. That's historic. All their games in the same stadium. Kind of strange. Yeah, and there was like a weather delay for the massive, first game. Massive, massive. Like one, some, game, is, one game is uh, Monday night here because right. it was rocked out of existence during the weekend because of weather. Unbelievable. It's asking a lot out of... Uh, the fan base there to just go to games all the time. Get comfortable, right. guys. Well, the Easter tricky. Sunday kickoff was in front of an essentially empty stadium, and people kind of that's came a, in for the second half. That's sign. a tough yeah. sell. And by the way, if you uh, want to learn more about the USFL, about a decade ago, um, 30 for 30, the ESPN series had a special on uh, the league called Small Potatoes, who killed the USFL. The answer was a former president. Yes, it was. Of this country. <laughs> Spoiler. But I won't let you know who it is, and it wasn't Richard Nixon. Or Gerald Ford. That Those are the hints I'll give you. Ford gets zero look back it was on not, it. It was not Rutherford Gerald Ford. B. Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to piece the rest of it together. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Coming up next, Josh Norris talking draft after the break. A responsible break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Around the NFL. Joining us now. Former bricklayer over at Roto World. Now he's doing his own thing. 
at theunderdognetwork.com. Content strategy and production, and one hell of a mock drafter. It's Josh Norris. What's up, buddy? And Mark, <laughs> Greg, uh, third time caller, long time listener, beautiful people. So glad to join you. Wow. Oh, it's great to have you, Josh. We've already at the top of the show, and by the way, excellent mood lighting over there at the uh, Underdog Network with the exposed brick behind you. Is that the- your house or are you at work right now? This is a uh, lovely Brooklyn brick. Oh, I mean, that is American craft. It's like you're filming a Dungeons and Dragons special or something. It's yeah. uh, intriguing. You that starts like, when the sun goes down, Mark. You <laughs> look like you're taking a portrait um, for like uh, an off-Broadway show that's debuting <laughs> in Nashville. You know, it's like well, actually, Josh Norris playing the role of Hamlet. Last thing on this, Josh, but it's really it has to happen now that it's in my head. Can you do the thing where you're kind of looking into the middle distance with like a half smile? Let me make sure that this yeah. is okay. Tell me if I'm off, okay? okay. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Perfect. It's a great podcast. That was great for audio content, yeah, right? It's great. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube, everybody. Josh, listen, you did it. You did the damn thing last year. You want to talk about brand building. You want to talk, mm. talk about establishing where you land in this uh, landscape of uh, the draft, uh, mock drafters. You nailed 16 of 32 first round picks last year. And that's brilliant. All that, t- the entire top 10. The, the entire oh, close. nine of 10, but nine I of appreciate 10. You oh, okay. And that is something. How is that possible? And and you wrote in a great piece where you did uh, your mock draft 1.0 that you have to nail that top 10 and then find, quote, random player and team fits from number 16 on. So there is a strategy. And I'll also say that, like, I was watching your um, live you know YouTube show and. I liked how your process, it's logic-based, but investigative in nature. And, you know, there's knowledge involved that you need, but also breadcrumbs and red string dot connecting, mm. like how you know that Ron Rivera doesn't like to leave his house. So when he does, that matters <laughs> uh, to the commander's draft board. Uh, really, bravo, Josh. Well, it's all wiretapping. That's all it is, Dan. I, I will add, though, and I think you know this from growing up with Jets. Mm-hmm. Mark knows this from growing up with the Browns. Like, if there's some level of cohesion in terms of decision makers on a team, like, you kind of get to know their process a little bit. And, you know, when I was seven years old, the, the Panthers came to Charlotte, and I just became obsessed with them. And I started to kind of figure out how they built their roster, which directions they were going with, whether it be, you know, Marty Herney, Dave Gettleman, and, and now Scott Fitterer. Keep so all I thought it. was, well, one, let me ask some beat writers in the top 10, but also let me find like the Josh Norris's from across the other fans of those teams, mm. right? Ones Go that are obsessed from a young age and see what they think. You see how so, he yeah, went third it, person it there? The top mm-hmm. Nine of the top 10 picks. This is what happens when you get uh, an underdog fantasy ad that uh, plays pretty often. Just saw it on NFL Network last weekend. <laughs> it's basically been going. It was sometimes on Thursday Night Football. and like It's pretty good. Josh, Josh getting big head here. I, I do have to ask you this, because the mock draft um, community, a subset of humanity, is so competitive that when you nail nine, nine out of ten picks, are you mm-hmm. are there... You know, veiled threats. Are there? Um, have you dodged assassination there, yeah, attempts? I mean, it sounds cat, like you're a hated person a on some level. Through a window, right? Silva's you know. not enjoying you like celebrating <laughs> and spiking the football this whole pre-draft process season. That that is true. They they think I should get rid of the bit when they just carry on bits. You know, for three years at this point. Mark, I'll I'll give you an honest <laughs> answer. Um, I now work for a fantasy sports company that gives away millions of dollars to people who win. Um, when I hit 16 of 32, the greatest mock draft ever of like 84 million that ever been published, <laughs> I turn to my girlfriend and, and I tell her that this achievement, <laughs> a lifelong dream has happened. And she asked, well, what did you win then? Because you company sure. gives away mm. all this stuff. Right. Absolutely zero. Zero dollars in my bank account mm. from all this. So of course, that happens to me. I finally achieve greatness. <laughs> but you don't work for the no NFL. You could, be putting on, you could be putting oh, in some you. money up for this. You don't work at the NFL. You're not restricted like us. So you could have been putting your own uh, cash on the line here and you would have done well if if you had done that. Because that's not year. what it's about, Greg. What it's about for Josh is the work. And right. the work yes. is the reward. Is she still your girlfriend? Uh, she's about... 20 feet away from okay. me right now. Yes. So I, I, you know, seemed unimpressed with the feet. <laughs> hey, baby, 16 out of 32. <laughs> it really like, worked that well. It's like, what? <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get into it. Uh, Greg, you had a, you had a idea here based off yeah. uh, some over-unders. Who provided these over-unders? 
Well, we can go off the FanDuel since that's a, okay. an official uh, sponsor of us if we want. But I thought it'd be fun to go through some over-unders because you're good at, Josh, obviously getting a feel of where these guys are going to go. Uh, and it'll just give us a chance to kind of talk about each one of these players. One of the guys who I think was really noteworthy on your mock draft falling far was Kyle Hamilton all the way to 18. His over-under now is all the way up, at least on FanDuel, to 10 and a half. Mm. Um, this was a guy that was in the top five almost exclusively in the early mock right. drafter days of March. Obviously, he, he struggled uh, with the 40 time and the pro day that doesn't go well. Uh, and maybe that's why we're seeing him slip in some mocks. Washington picks at 11, which is a potential landing spot, which is why that number is at 10 and a half. Uh, what, what are your thoughts there? I just don't consider safety from a team's perspective, like a pillar position. And this top 10 is loaded with, you know, players at those cornerstone spots, offensive tackle, pass rusher, cornerback, heck, even even wide receiver. And Kyle Hamilton, like you said, number 11 does make a lot of sense. But again, it's just serving where those teams and who's already on the roster and what the investments have been in the top 10 already. And I don't necessarily see it. I, I could side maybe with like, the, the Minnesota Vikings, if they think like their safety room is getting a little bit older, I could look at but even that's over say, the, the Philadelphia and Eagles. And even that's right. over and the then, 10 and so that's over. I, to, to answer your question, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning the over on 10 and a half. That's nothing mm. to do with Cal Hamilton as the player. I think it's more of the position, despite, you know, more and more two high shells that we hear you guys and everyone talking about all year long. Derwin I, James I went 17, one of the greatest safety prospects of right. all time. Right. I, I agree with you. And, and so it, just to answer your question quickly, over 10 and a half is where I'd be mm. leading. I, I've got to ask you, because you're leading the way. I mean, we're starting to hear more buzz that Malik Willis is visiting with the Lions. Some mm. wonder if that could be their second pick or their first. He's not going to be there when they pick second, obviously. Are you looking at Malik Willis and thinking, uh, look, at this is a, there's a chance. And by second, I mean their second pick after the first round. Right? Like, do, right. do you think that... You have a number two to Detroit, that this is a reality that's what, becoming more and more. What is the over-under on Malik Willis? 9.5, which feels uh, steeply too rich. I think he's going before that in my book. Hmm. Okay. So the more I get like diving into this and the closer we get, the more I think that like the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick number 20 is the first team to take a quarterback. And hmm. they kind of showed their hand last year with Najee Harris. And that pick was, you know, solidified in stone early on. Um, I firmly, and I think you guys just finished talking about this, Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo with the Panthers at number six, that seems far more likely. Maybe the Seattle Seahawks, the last time they selected, you know, near this range was pick number 15. That was a complete out of nowhere selection. And then they've done, you know, similar things throughout this time over the years. So the closer we get, the more I think that obviously with the last year, of general manager in Pittsburgh. He has viewed Howie Rosen, Howie, Ozzie Newsom, excuse me, what he did in Baltimore and said, look, he left a lasting legacy with Lamar Jackson and his quarterback. I want to do that here with Mitch Trubisky and then the rookie quarterback at number 20. And that could easily be Malik Willis there at that selection. Mm. You have, I like this going a little deeper into the first round with the team I think is the best team in football right now. And you're doing like your strategy. You match team needs with players on the board. There's a lot of smoke connecting the Bills to a running back. You have Brees Hall, Iowa State, uh, going 25 overall. You know, it does make me think about what was the last unstoppable offense that said, oh, let's take a luxury piece in the backfield to kind of bring this thing all together. Clyde Edwards-Alaire to the Chiefs, and that hasn't quite worked out. But that doesn't mean that another team that has a similar ceiling can't try the same thing. The Bills, they're looking for that last piece. Where's he at, Brees Hall, on this list? He's not on the FanDuel market. Uh, Interesting. So tell us more about your thinking there. It's exactly what you're saying. Dan, and I think part of that is with the Clyde Lair selection at what pick 32 a couple of years ago, if they had just pivoted over to Jonathan Taylor, I think we'd all be praising that selection, mm. right? And so really these teams only have to be honest with us through their draft picks and and through their wallets. Like you you hear this all the time when they go up there at the combine and they just lie to you over and over and over again. Oh, they yeah. just lie to you. And so with the Bills, they paid JD McKissick handsomely. That was a contract that was agreed to. That is the type of, of talent that I think is kind of t- tough to find a, a hybrid running backslash wide receiver who thrives on explosive plays and in the receiving game. 
And so there aren't going to be many of those in this draft class, maybe a couple later on, like James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother. But if this team wants to make a strength even stronger in the Buffalo Bills and add some true explosion on top of, you know what, some positive things they've seen a little bit at the running back spot. Brees Hall makes a ton of sense, but I wouldn't, you know, I, I would assume, Greg, that like the over-under in terms of running back is is a half, right? Like you either are in a back going in round one or you're not. And if one is, it's definitely going to be Brees Hall because his vision and explosive plays are, are really something special. Right. It's still early in the in the process. There's like, there's things up about first running backs being selected, different things like that. Can I just say, Mark and, and Josh, a little housekeeping here, internal, but we feel comfortable with you. Mark, you know the NFL has some strict uh, – you know, guardrails with what we can access inside the building. Yeah. They do. I try to access this link that has the uh, over-unders, and I got hit mm. with some type of firewall, and yet Greg breaks through. And again, you, it's asking questions of where does well, Greg factor I, I've in? I've also broken through. I think you have a Wi-Fi issue, Dan. That's uh, You well, need to we, be connected to the we right Wi-Fi channel. We were here before the show. We talked about I had yeah. to get off the internal one. If you sign into the guest <laughs> Wi-Fi, it works, which is crazy because <laughs> we're taking we being the NFL – Tens of millions of dollars from these companies. I'm I do sorry, a show where they're wasted they're, your time, Josh. Yeah. And Josh, <laughs> one little note: in the old days, when you'd go to a site that was illegal on any form, not you know gambling or beyond, inside the building, a big uh, NFL uh, official would show up blowing a whistle. <laughs> this is act. That, that is a that is a true story. That's a real thing. I see. I'm not. I we can't get into this stuff. Um, but if we could. Uh, if when I was in Vegas this week, instead of just walking mm. right past that sports book, which is what I did, right back up to the room. Good boy. Proud of you, buddy. I just looked. I didn't forget it. Ignore it. Doesn't exist to you. I'm going to walk the kids to BTS, and BTS. then I'm going to walk back. Well, plus an NFL employee will be shot on sight if you right. walk like inside I, a sports I, book. I, I had that image. Files. I was that like, was Greg's uh, Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> I think Desmond Ritter going in the first round feels like the surest of sure things that right now has like even odds. Essentially, his over-under is the end of the first round. And I feel like the closer we get to the draft, the things that people like about Desmond Ritter um, matches up with what NFL decision makers like. Like, oh, he changed the culture. He's a winner. Like, he's impressive in the room, which is which is all great. Like, that stuff matters. He, he won and all that. But it also matches up with what all the tape heads love. Like, of all the guys in this draft, I think he's the guy that tape heads look at and say, okay, he's going through his progressions. Okay, he's showing a little bit of anticipation here. Okay, I don't know how good he's going to be, but he's athletic, so at least there's some upside there. He's an NFL quarterback. If there's one quarterback in this draft that like, we sort of know will at least be on a contract eight years from now on a team, it's Desmond Ritter, and that's why that over for getting into the first round and, and, and believing that he will get taken, maybe first out of all the quarterbacks, but certainly in the top 30, seems like a very strong uh, pick to me. Do you agree? And to make this a bigger point, I think because, you know, draft season starts back in December and January and a lot of these lists from really great people come out, they have, you know, rankings that really firmly set, let's say, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis above the rest. And even heck, at the tackle spot, it's Ike Aquanu and Evan Neal above Charles Cross. Once you get to draft weekend, Part of the reason we love it is because there's shock, there's awe, there's unpredictability other than my mock draft. And then <laughs> that's when all the fun happens. And so it wouldn't be shocking to see Desmond Ritter, the first quarterback off this list. I think Matt Corral has a chance of being the first quarterback off this list. The big difference here between this group, and I'm sure you've had someone talk about this already and other ones is like, there's no one that does everything. Well, you know, Desmond Ritter's inaccuracy is prevalent everywhere. Matt Corral is like a confident Marcus Mariota in terms of his RPOs and only ran about like 88 snaps of three to seven step drops. And that's about it. Kenny Pickett at the NFL level is going to have to win inside of structure, working through his progressions, but he never did that really during his time at Pittsburgh. He wanted to escape the pocket. I don't get the Pickett love. He's DJ's then, favorite guy. Too. And then Malik Willis is someone who has fantastic athleticism, almost the anti Lamar Jackson in terms of love throwing downfield and outside the numbers but the middle of the field is like a complete blind spot. So any one of those, and I think really, Greg, what it comes down to is these teams are going to fall in love with the person of one of these quarterbacks, like build a relationship through these last three months with one of these quarterbacks, and that's the one they want to attach them to. And Ritter, by all accounts, mm -hmm. might be that one. That was like a long way to say, eh, 
You know, I'm right. not loving your theory that so, much. Greg, could go my wrong? answer to that would be, I think like two and a half quarterbacks is the over under right now sure. in round one. I would, I would take the under on that. Mm. Yeah, I think I might too, but I think I just like think Ritter, Ritter goes top 30, top there, 20. There's we'll obviously going to be a run on wideouts once the first oh, yeah. comes off the board. Garrett Wilson, 10.5. There's obviously two great guys from Ohio State with Chris Olave too. Is Wilson your number one guy, and does he go over under 10.5? We've got the Jets sitting there at number 10. I like you using the decimal, 10.5. I like that. Well, that's another way to state it. <laughs> go ahead, Josh. It's mathematically accurate. <laughs> I, I, I 10.5. Dan's thoughts, please answer. <laughs> Dan's thoughts here on, on, on pick 10 and really what? Is it pick four, their other first round selection? Yes. Here? I think it's because, a, I think there's a sandwich prop to be uh, laid out here that the mm. Jets will absolutely take a wide receiver with one of those two picks because they've shown their hand throughout all their trials and tribulations in this offseason. Uh, they had a deal agreed with for Tyree Kill. They definitely kicked around DK. Metcalf. They this is something they've been trying to make happen, and it hasn't yet. So I think this is going to be the road they go. Mm. Good yeah. logic and there. Also in on Calvin Ridley potentially, Amari Cooper right. there possibly in that deal. So once again, it's the paper trail that we're following with where these teams want to invest. I think ten at the Jets absolutely is a possibility. It wouldn't totally shock me if the Jets want to start this wide receiver run, and it's the number four overall selection. The difference here, Mark, is like all these wide receivers do different stuff. And like Garrett Wilson is your true ISO ball, line you up one-on-one wide receiver, wins with separation, creates separation, and then, you know, sustains it. Versus like Jamison Williams, who's coming off an injury, who's like true vertical juice speed down the field. And then you have the other Ohio State wide receiver and a few others in Drake London, USC, so on and so forth. But yeah, I'm with you. 10 and 11. I would be surprised if by that point, we don't have two wide receivers Mm. off the board. But ten and a half is an interesting number there. I, I would think he might. Very. I would just say go 10. over five, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I, it just would be surprising if receivers were taken before that. So you're almost cer- certainly there could be a surprise. Falcons maybe at eight is the Falcons other one. maybe, but you're in a draft where it seems like five or six different teams might have five or six different guys as their top receiver. You're kind of buying in that Garrett Wilson is sort of a consensus one, which I don't think is, is really the consensus. So I would just take your chances that maybe he ends up slipping and not be that 10 pick. I think it's really saucy in general. Some of the dot connecting you've done here with the wide receivers, because you got Jameson Williams to the chargers at 17. And I love that. And you wrote about him make a strength stronger. Mike, Williams with Keenan Allen and Jamison Williams. We are on fire. And then you do the move that, you know, this was a, a it's a good dot connect because what are the Packers going to do here? You know, they just they just went out and they got Sammy Watkins, but then a report came out that he's not even certain to make the roster. Obviously, they need more. Uh, and you have them double dipping with Traylon Burks and Christian Watson. It makes sense because they have to kind of go in big here. I, I feel like to justify moving Aaron Rodgers, big guy out of the room and you have to hit on one of these guys to make them a credible Super Bowl offense. So if my life is now devoted to retaining my title of mock draft stardom, mm-hmm. I have to hit on one of these wide receivers at the end of round one. And I, we all firmly believe at least for one of these spots for the Packers, they will take one. So yes, you mentioned Traylon Burks at 22 and with their second first round pick, I had them taking Christian Watson coming out of, of North Dakota state. And the two are very different. I mean, Traylon Burks was kind of manufactured touch like player. And if we're splitting Devonte Adams in half, which is a dangerous thing to do, um, he Reckless. was fourth in the NFL well, in, in screens yeah, last year. Frankly, really... uh, immoral to do that. Well, it's illegal. I, I believe, right. yeah. Sports don't matter that much. If, you were, if you're going to split him into 0.5, you better realize there are some legal he consequences. Has, he has That's a family, true. Josh. Not everyone is just for you to play your little lab games. So he <laughs> had a lot of manufactured touches and RPOs. And so Traylon Burks, that's the area where he might shine with this offense. And if we're trying to replace an MVS or a vertical playmaker with, you know, a lot of athleticism, then Christian Watson, who did some mm. of that manufactured touch stuff at North Dakota State, uh, would fill that as well. But then you have names like Sky Moore coming out of Western Michigan. You have George Pickens who really shined during his freshman year at Georgia. Then it kind of took a downturn from there. So I don't know, Greg, it's probably what, seven, six and a half wide receivers, 6.5 coming off the board there in, in round one. 
Um, I'm starting to lean the over, especially like with how the, the over. league. DJ like DJ thought that was the one thing he felt confident in was yep. receivers just yep. going off fast and fierce because they seem like the best players, or at least yep. the depth of them seems like the best. Yeah, I mean, Traylon Burks maybe has a, a lot of Randall Cobb to him, a bigger, better version. And you're hoping even if you take him in the first round, but that that to me makes sense with the Packers. Yeah, my, my buddy Dane Brugler mentioned that he played around 240 pounds last year. Right, at Arkansas. much bigger. So, uh, much yes. chisel down about 20 pounds off of him of us too and we'll do it much better next season. it is unlikely let's be real here that you report to your significant other after this draft that you've nailed 16 again right. that would that's be, the thing if right. you're setting up that this is what you're doing you're in trouble so i was ask you i'm going to put your over under at let's be real <laughs> 13 and a half well, that's high. i did not go point five. That's high. well no but how much this is your this is your claim to fame well, he has to bang me over because he's trying to sell subscriptions and all sorts of things. Well, you know, we're just for the people. It's free content out there, Dan. I will say this. I'm <laughs> going to take it upon me like the 72 Dolphins from here on out. As long as no one breaks yes, 16 of 32, right. I've won. Because otherwise you're tonight, setting right? yourself up for disappointment. To try to repeat as that guy is almost it's, impo- it's almost impossible. Uh, so that's maybe part of the reason why he's been so ostentatious with his ah. bragging. He's enjoying mm. it now while he can. He knows it's it's all going to end. It's like Miss Universe. No one cares once you get to the end of that year. Uh, well, you got to enjoy that one year too. going around the world and that's it. You're we done. won Best New Sports podca- Podcast for Apple in 2012. I don't think we've, we've won maybe one other award since then. But you never take that away from us. We're always the Best New Sports <laughs> Podcast of 2012. That's you. Like Nothing could ever change that you once got <laughs> half of an entire first round right. I do want to know i'm curious because i would be the same way um i'm not saying you are but maybe you were you got nine out of ten in the first round who is the team that banged you and that you declare vengeance upon for keeping you Mm. from going 10 for 10 uh last year was the denver broncos the denver broncos uh took patrick sertan and i had them taking rashawn slater but yeah not nine of ten it really is all about and to be honest we can open up the formula here while we're in the lab. Slater would have been a nice pick for them, yeah. So, last year's top 10 was pretty easy to pick when you consider that there was rarely any, you know, defensive players considered as high draft prospects. And if they were going to be, it was going to be only two cornerbacks. So, you basically had five quarterbacks to choose from, three wide receivers to choose from, two offensive tackles, and then one random tight end, and that was it. So, like, the the number of picks it was basically sorting 10 of 15 players Mm -hmm. versus this year you have corners you have edge you have wide receivers you have maybe a quarterback and maybe not so this year's just there's much more difficult it's gonna be a bad year for mock drafters 14 is your number i also i I wouldn't walk around demystifying what happened last season because you're taking away from your own your own myth building we we don't we'll take that out we'll take that out of the show and you you. also had the consensus one and two were locked and loaded so i'm gonna keep that i'm gonna because we'll come back to the saturday night i am going to set josh's over under for 2022 at and i wish i had the data for what he had the year before to as a return to the average but i'm gonna say i'm gonna set it at eight and a half <laughs> to normal yeah that's yeah. where i was thinking even that it, even eight that might be tough. it's a tough draft and it's not a shot against you you're obviously uh studly in this realm but i think it's just gonna be a tough night for uh the whole industry. Yeah, an underwhelming selling point, though, for you. I, I tried to lift it up just to say, go out there and say you're going to do it, and no one's going to know anyway. So before, before you let you go, I do want to just a couple comments. A couple comments. <laughs> I'm just saying, Derek Stingley to the Seahawks. I, I just can see that. There's I love no need that. to answer you, to any of this. Yeah, this uh, is just this is just Greg talking. Yeah, this is just me talking. <laughs> that was amazing. I'm just saying, I'm giving that an award for the best mock pick that you had. The second I saw that, I was just like, oh yeah, that's that's such a Seahawks. Uh, type of move. Jordan Davis, you have going eight, and that's the other one, even more than Ritter, that to me, the over-under still doesn't seem high enough. I think it's at 13 and a half right now. Josh, doesn't it just seem like there's no way the NFL is letting him go that far? Just quickly on him, I mean, he legitimately is the most athletic prospect to ever enter the NFL, ever. In a draft where no one's excited about anyone, where Trayvon Walker could go one just because people are looking for a home run. So, he could go top five, I feel like. Who the hell knows? And and we've seen, you know, Derek Brown go top 10. Ed Oliver go top yeah. 10 at defense stack. Quinnen Williams go top 10. I really liked a lot of those evaluations. And I understand that, you know, he played about 27 snaps per game. But if you want to acquire a talent at like 6'6", 340 of Jordan Davis, you can't sign that in free agency. 
this is like a new kind of prospect that we've never seen before. So I just don't understand. And maybe it happens how that falls out of the top 10 when, like you said, there's so many questions this year and it's quote unquote, a poor draft. And then you mentioned you're like Mr. Panthers expert. Um, and I thought pounded. you've had a good theory about kind of what they're thinking in terms of quarter. You, you've thought that they were maybe getting Baker this whole time and that the quarterback stuff is, is smoke. Uh, and now it's looking as we get closer like that, that seems correct. But what, why do you think that? Oh, for a number of reasons. One, like that they've missed out on veterans these last two years. Like that's where they put all their eggs, right? Was a Matthew Stafford trade, a Deshaun Watson trade, heck, even hoping for Aaron Rodgers. And I just don't know how a team could bypass the evaluations of Justin Fields and Mac Jones and say, oh yeah, these guys are definitely better this year than they were last year. And when you consider that Scott Fitterer traded out during his first year as GM four times, and this year they don't have a pick in round two or round three. There and so, go. like having more darts, having more selections, and they're all going to get fired to if uh, they draft a rookie quarterback who can't play right away. Right. So, so we're we're, me, it, we're a long way from mutual disinterest. Right. I, I also I'm wondering, like, so they're enamored with what Baker Mayfield has put on tape overall. I mean, I, I don't know if Baker Mayfield saves your job either, to be honest. No, but I think Better that chance. this is also a, a owner that does like to put his fingerprints on things. And while the early Teddy Bridgewater experiment was supposed to be a two-year plan, that turned into anyone but Teddy. So we bring in Sam. And now it's turned into anyone but Sam. So now you bring in either Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's just very clear that they don't want to sit through the growing pains of whatever rookie they put in there. Mm, tough time here for Panthers. Fans, and then, yep, you have it. You have them going after offensive line, which is that's kind of like a key with everything with that team. If you want any quarterback to thrive, you better do a better job up front as well. Uh, Josh, you've said it all. And and I will say this. You're predicting 14. Uh, you had 16 last year. I hope you do 16 again or higher because if you can you. if you can get to that if you can do it two years in a row you could build an entire mm. you got you could take everything behind a paywall at that point. Well, you I, just retire. Right. Well, right. you got to cash in once. Yeah, at, yeah. at this point, yeah, you you have to demand underdog does pay you a million dollar bonus like they pay these other things. You're doing the I mean, I'm sure they're not giving you are they giving you extra for those ads that I see? That's business. We, you know, here's I'm just saying, you're a, you know what it's like. You're yeah. a commercial. <laughs> you're a commercial superstar. You're nailing these mocks. Underdog has to step to the plate. Is what I'm is I'm saying. But he needs to have 16 more. Right. They're waiting to see what he does. Right. Exactly. Mm. And the ATN odds maker set at eight and a half. But don't take that as us doubting you. That's just some. You have to set the odds somewhere. I'm hoping you get 0.5 of the draft correct again. Mark, I appreciate your optimism most of all. That's what Absolutely. I'll take Absolutely. I'm on your side. <laughs> Josh, thank you very much, buddy. Check thank out. you, guys. Keep up the good work. See you, Josh. Thank you, buddy. And you check out Josh Norris at Josh Norris and at Underdog Fantasy. A delightful conversation. Uh, a fun guy and obviously knows his stuff. All, all kidding aside, that's really good what he did last year. And, and reading his content this year, all that kind of makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't follow logic, though, draft night, because all it takes is one team to do something insane and everything gets. What if he gets like askew. two? That would be we'd have to bring him on again because that would be electric. Well, I feel like he was like a. am <laughs> trying to remember when he started at Road World. Two. He definitely was one of those where he just kept emailing Evan Silva every day until he just like wore him down and Evan so you gotta do. Like, had like was forced to hire him. I think he also well That's a great I, thing to say about him after he's No, no. I mean oh. it was one of the best moves Evan uh, ever made. He he recognized that, but it, it took that sort of persistence and just like never give up. Him. Don't ever give up. Mark Sessler. I also would say one other thing that 10.5 when we are talking about picks in the draft is different than points. Right. I don't call point spreads 17.5. That's 17 and a half. Right. In a college wipeout type scenario. But sure. 10.5 in this I think is is I, apt. Yeah, no, it was no it's not wrong. It was just it wasn't it was a little uh, unorthodox. Jarring to you. <laughs> that but that's fine. <laughs> it's good to have you back, Mark. It's yeah, it was like last week was a nightmare. I was stuck with Greg all by myself. <laughs> like, I had a great time last week. I'm happy to have no. this job. Uh, we will be back on Thursday. And we have one more TV show before we go on a hiatus on Friday. So if you haven't seen it yet, first of all, thanks. 
Yeah, good for you. Nice yeah, job on your part. That's that's cool. But you have one last chance not to disappoint us on Friday, the Around the NFL broadcast on NFL Network. Check your local listings. Uh, we got a, a text. Schrager, I don't know if Schrager knows that uh, we're on California time because t- every once in a while, Schrager will send a, a text at you know, four in the morning. Uh, but it was, it's nice to wake up to it. And uh, and he said, oh, your show is on at 3 a.m. today. It was and it's Monday for a show. We taped Friday morning, a 3 a.m. air. It's, you know, it's maybe a little bit out of time at that point, but still it's good to be on TV, I guess. I, th- I think uh, it got such a response over the weekend. Just like, wow, these two guys are hot. Let's just put them put them on nonstop until Monday. Yeah, that was loop a it. Loop it, baby. All right. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to Ricky. Thanks, Erica. You're welcome, guys. That was great. Good. I didn't respond to that. Did you learn? That was like an Erica bot that we're going to have to (laughs) create in the next uh, little while. That will be uh, something to work on. Um, All right. I didn't respond to that thread yet. I realized I probably should to not get back into an awkward place uh, with Peter Schrager. I really really respected what he wrote and uh, what he had to say. It just was early in the morning when I read it. Right. Right, right. Now and Mark was time. actually probably awake at that time. Well, I also wasn't on the I wasn't on the episode, so what? Well, I you know it did not involve me. Maybe that's why he was watching. <laughs> that's your Erica butt. <laughs> All right, that's it. Dan Hans is signing off for a Quiet Storm. The old boss, Ricky Hollywood, Randy Chavez, Grave Digger, Sean Kelly, breakout star of the Josh Norris. Media Josh Norris, of course. Thank you, buddy, for joining us. Till Thursday, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 